Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for dropping into another episode on the Path to Freedom podcast. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Ron Holt. Uh, Ron is a repeat guest on the podcast, one of uh, only a handful of people making their second appearance. Um, So Ron, the first time he was a guest was the founder and CEO of Two Maids in a Mop franchise. Uh, But he's got some other things going on now. I'm going to let him uh, kind of reintroduce himself and, and tell us a little bit about what he's up to now. But Ron, always good to see you, man. Uh, love having a chance to catch up with you and appreciate you making time to come on the show. Yeah, man. Wes, I'm glad to be here. Honored to be here and share my story with you again and talk a little bit about cleaning, but a whole lot more about moving. Um, would not want to be anywhere else. You're one of the one of the best guys in the industry. So glad to be here. Well, we always have fun. We just realized that we'd been chatting for like half an hour before we started recording and and looked at the time and we're like, we we should probably record this podcast at some point. Um, so love catching up with you, learn stuff every time uh, I have a chance to speak with you. Um, for those watching, you can probably see the the sign behind Ron, but for those just listening, Ron, what are you doing now? Um, and and what got you to the point where you have a new business that you're focused on and and no longer focused on two maids in a mop. Yeah. So, well, for 20 years, that's all I knew was house cleaning, right? Yeah. Thankfully, didn't have to clean dirty toilets and all that good stuff. But I didn't know a whole lot about house cleaning. And I thought that was going to be my legacy. That was going to be who I was going to be forever. That's almost sort of my identification was that particular brand and business. Yeah. Um Lots of things happened along the way, all good things for the most part. Like I feel like I lived already the American dream, you know, build a business from the ground up with one location. You, you can remember the first day you opened those doors. You can remember the first people you hired. And then, you know, it takes on a whole nother realm as you grow it. And for two decades, that's what I did. Just build yeah. that one store location into eventually almost a hundred locations before selling it. Uh, along the way, uh, so many sort of things happened to me, just personally, even beyond just professionally. One, I had built this huge brand. You know, we had thousands of employees across the network, across the country. Um, a lot of people inside our corporate office in Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, I was working inside this big, huge office that was larger than my apartment, you know, right out of college. And so <laughs> everything was supposed to be good. But I found myself, you know, as a CEO in lots of meetings, a lot of bureaucratic type decisions were being made, a lot of handholding when it came to people. And I noticed people even around me were sort of jockeying for their position, you know, in Mm -hmm. this corporate environment that that I had created. And so that wasn't the most fulfilling uh, life experience for me. And so I was sort of toying with the idea, what do I do about it, you know? I don't, I never, I left corporate America because I didn't like it. And here I, here I built it, you know? And so what do I do about it? 
So I didn't really know a ton of answers at the time. Um, but you can't like really I, shrink. You know, it's not like you can shrink and go backwards from that. You've got right. all these franchisees, all these employees, like so many people that, you know, are their livelihood is now dependent on this organization that you've built. So it's not like you can, you know, start scaling that back. Absolutely. Right. And that's, that was the conundrum I had. Yeah. Well, life always, you know, teaches you things and, and push, pushes you in the right direction. And so about that time when I was having these thoughts inside my head, my mother-in-law of all people hired a moving company right, right mm. here in Birmingham. And it was a complete train wreck. You, whatever could go wrong did go wrong, you know, and broken items, damaged walls. They showed up late. They were unprofessional. And, you know, of course, the the main thing that happened that she'll always remember is the bill was a lot more than she what, what she thought it was going to be. It was about 400% more than what the original estimate was. 400%. It was crazy. That, it went, that sounds common. I've even heard stories of moving companies like holding people's stuff hostage, essentially, because mm -hmm. they've jacked the price up from what they quoted them. And they're like, you can either pay us what we're now telling you that you owe us, or we're just going to keep all your stuff. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There's a lot of just unprofessionalism in the industry, but yeah. there's also a lot of fraud in yeah. this industry as well. So we'll get to that in a minute, how we how we change that. But as that experience was happening with her, she kind of pulled me in um, just to get some help, like emotional sure. support, whatever. Yeah. And so she said, I got an idea. She's like, I'll, I'll write a nasty review online. And I said, well, maybe you should probably do that, but what else can we do? And so when, when she told me all the things that went wrong for her, I literally went to Yelp and I picked out three cities. I picked Seattle, Omaha, and Miami. I felt like that was the best way to sort of survey the country. Uh -huh. And I went straight to the negative, negative reviews and it was crazy. Like everything that happened to her was happening in Seattle, Omaha, and Miami. Same and company or just, you know, just the moving yeah, industry in general. Moving industry in yeah. general. And so I said, there it is. You know, here's a huge opportunity because obviously there's demand for these mm. services. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moving companies out there. And so lots of demand, whole lot of problems. To me, that sounds like opportunity. And so yeah. I said, Eureka, that's that's what I should do sell two maids, focus on this moving company, get back to my startup roots, uh, feel fulfilled and energized again when I finish my day's work and then go take over the world again, like we did at two maids. And so yeah. that's the original sort of birth of the idea of Pink Zebra moving. I didn't know one thing about the industry. I'd never been on a truck, obviously. I'd never driven a truck for that matter. I'd never, you know, I've moved couches for a myself, you know, as, as a young adult, especially, but certainly never worked for a moving company. So all of that part was very foreign to me, but I knew from a the cons consumer perspective, there was a whole lot of stuff wrong. And so yeah. to me, that felt like the way to attack it because most moving companies, what I've learned since I've entered the industry, most moving companies are run and owned by ex movers, people that were a 25 year old mover, turned 35 year old business owner and that's the world they know. And so they start a business. Um, that same thing applies to pretty much all of the home services trade. Yeah. Um, people get really focused on the trade and think they can be a great business owner and yep. 
that's not always the case. Yeah, I'm sure it was similar in in the cleaning industry, right? A lot of the you know local yeah. competition for your franchisees were probably people that had been cleaning houses for someone else, got fed up working for someone else, said, I can do this better. But and and so that that industry experience is always important, but it's it's not the the whole recipe for for building a successful business, right? Like you need the right. business acumen and the ability to to build the right type of team. There's so much that goes into it. Um, so just to kind of recap, kind of the the timeline. So we're recording this in in August of 2023. So when did you sell two maids, and and when did Pink Zebra Moving launch? Yeah, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary, which is hard to believe. Wow, it, like it is hard to believe it's been yeah, that long. Yeah, so in se- September of 21, I sold Two Maids and a Mop to a great group, Home Franchise Concepts. They've, yep. they've, they've went on to build uh, an even stronger brand. I'm super proud to see that growth. Yeah. Um, but it was time for me, you know, and so sure. I went from this literal ivory tower, you know, overlooking the city with this stupid like treadmill inside of the office um, <laughs> to like owning a moving business in Birmingham with five employees that didn't know any of that backstory and looked at me a whole lif- whole lot different than you know a different way at least than everyone else had looked at me for the last forever. So it was a it was definitely a life change and a culture shock to to be honest. But it also, again, it made me sort of get back to my roots and I started having fun again. We were losing money early on, but I was having fun doing it. Uh, everything was brand new. Um, I think that brand new Agnes actually helped me because I didn't have all of these past experiences to kind of ruin my vision for what you know a solution could be to a certain issue or problem. Totally see that. You didn't have some of the, the preconceived notions of, Oh, this is how it's done in this industry. And you, you don't do it this way because no one else does it this way. You kind of come in with a blank slate and get to really think outside of the box a little bit. Um that's that's cool for sure. Yeah. I, I wanted to before you keep going, I wanted to just say something. I was, I was reading an article the other day, and I'll probably get the numbers wrong, but you know, it was something like, you know, at any given time, there's anywhere between thirty eight hundred and four thousand franchise brands in the US and you know out of those like only 16% or something ever get to the point where they have more than 100 locations so just wanted to give you a huge shout out for what you did with two maids in a mop cuz that is no small feat to build a franchise to the size that two maids was get it to the point where someone's interested in acquiring it and you know you referenced home franchise uh concepts you know they've got a stellar reputation in in the franchising industry some other you know very prominent brands that people would likely recognize so for a group like that you know to see enough value in what you built to to actually buy it from you it's a a amazing accomplishment so just wanted to to kind of spotlight that for the folks listening Man, I appreciate that. I tell you, there were there were days that I thought we wouldn't get out of the fire, you know, because we didn't. I didn't know anything about franchising before we franchised the brand. I I had built two maids into sort of a corporate uh, yeah. network. We had twelve corporate stores, and then we started franchising, and so everything was brand new. The thirteenth the thirteenth location was our first franchise, 
uh, it was in Tampa, Florida. There are amazing people that own that one, uh, mainly because they put up with a ton of really bad support from us early on. <laughs> they just <laughs> they were we your said, guinea pigs. Oh yeah, like we said, here's how you do it, and I go do it. We didn't know you were supposed to actually, you know, literally like hold their hands in some cases, right? Yeah, be there alongside them, and you know, do more than just give them a playbook. <laughs> and so, um, thankfully, they they were awesome business owners, and so they built a really strong business. But yeah, the early the early version of my of my franchise model was nowhere close to what it was by the time home franchise concepts kind of came in. Uh, we had to learn tools to use technology. You know, we had to hire the right kind of people. Uh, we had to hire folks that could do more than just get a business open. We had to hire people that could be business, you know, could be a business support, like a business coach yeah. or high performing stores, how you support a $1 million franchisee is not how you support the startup franchisee. Totally. So, all of those life experiences we had to learn on the job. Sometimes we made mistakes and it cost us time and money. Uh, but at the end, uh, yeah, I was really proud of what we had built. That's one of the great things about Pink Zebra Moving. We we don't have to go through all those growing pains. We've already done it. you know. So we know the type of personalities that are needed to hire for the best kind of talent to support franchisees. We already know the vendors to work with. In yeah. fact, most of the vendors we work with now our legacy vendors that we work with back at two maids. So these are the same people and even the same rates. That's the best part from the folks that we worked with for 20 years back at two maids again. So, yeah, there's, there's uh, no question in my mind. There's, there's so many advantages that, you know, the, the early adopters uh, and the pink zebra franchisees are going to, are going to have because of all of your experience now. And, you know, I have this conversation with, with people that I consult with all the time, you know, when we're identifying different franchise opportunities that could make sense for them, you know, a lot of times there's what I refer to as emerging brands that, you know, check a lot of, if not all of the boxes that someone's kind of looking for in a business. And, and at first glance, you know, an emerging concept usually appears more risky than something that's, you know, more established with a longer track record. And, you know, so I always tell people like one of the things to really look at with any emerging franchise concept is who's the leadership, who's behind the brand and what is their experience? Because if you, if you have someone like Ron Holt at the helm, who's already done this, now he's just shifting his focus to another industry where, you know, he's seen white space to come in and make it better that's totally, totally different than, you know, the guy that's owned his own moving company for 10 years and now he wants to franchise it and he's going to learn franchising as he goes. That can still work, but in my eyes, that's far riskier than, you know, the experienced franchisor launching a new brand. Yeah, I get calls, emails literally once a week, sometimes more than once a week from folks who want to franchise their business. Cause you know, I've done it before and I'm doing it again. So they're like, Hey, I'll, I'd like to do this. 99% um, of the time, the, that particular owner of that business is very important to the success of that business, which right. is fine. That's how small businesses work usually. But what you learn very quickly in franchising, for instance, moving, we're in two different industries right now. We're in the local moving industry Mm -hmm. which everyone agrees with that one, but we're also in the franchising industry, which is a training yeah. and support industry. And that 
is two different things, you know? And so we have to know everything about both of those worlds. And so most people who build a franchise brand sort of take the training and support for granted because they're like, well, of course I know my business. I can teach you how to do it. Well, is it documented? Um, do you have efficiencies that extend beyond your local community, beyond you? Um, what happens when you grow large and you you can't, the biggest business is bigger than you, the owner. How are you going to split yourself in half, you know? And so yeah. those are, people get real caught up in the legalities, like how do you, how do you publish an FDD? You know, like yeah. I mean, any, anyone can do that. The hard part is training people, supporting people, bringing in the right franchisees. You know, a lot of yeah. people yeah. will so just say, hard. hey, let's go, let's just go, let's go fast, you know? And if it's the wrong group of early franchisees, it can kill the rest of the business forever. Yeah. Yeah, I would venture to say that's why so many brands never get beyond a certain point is, I'm, I'm sure it's a combination of all of these things, but yeah, bringing in the wrong people, you know, and it's tempting when you're when you're a brand new franchisor, like those franchise fees are going to help, right? Uh, and just getting some some people into the system and active is all going to help. But if you if you rush it and you let franchisees in that are probably not going to be the best fit you you could be done before you even really get started right because for 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 a number of reasons but um yeah so there's no doubt in my mind that all of your experience from two maids is gonna benefit pink zebra moving and all the franchisees and in a ton of ways um i want to make sure you have a chance to talk a little bit more about the the actual you know, business model that you guys are running at Pink Zebra and how it's different from the vast majority of other moving companies out there. You know, you've already shared a little bit with us about some of the flaws in the industry and some of the common frustrations from a consumer standpoint. So... If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected and I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you.
Walk us through like what your vision is and and how you guys are doing it differently and kind of revolutionizing the the moving industry. Sure. So this is the fun part. Yeah. Um, so we did a bunch of things early on to make sure we separated ourselves from the industry. One, we own the color pink. Um, when you think moving, you probably think testosterone and strong guys, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of folks named muscle movers or, yeah. you know, Honks. steroids, steroids only movers or whatever. And so, <laughs> so we went with pink because pink's kind of cool for guys nowadays, I guess, but it, typically is the opposite of what you think when you think testosterone. And so uh, we went that direction, number one, because we wanted, again, to separate ourselves. Second thing we did was we made a zany looking truck because I, I wanted it to really speak to who we are as a brand. Um, third thing, we if you can imagine, by the way, it's pink and white zebra stripes, top yeah. and bottom. And, and the third thing is I, I made a, a, a bold slogan, a bold um saying that I thought that we would have to own forever. So our tagline here, one we live by is we make moving fun. So we own that trademark. We make moving fun. And so we wanted to actually bring that emotion, the emotion of fun, happiness um, into the moving experience. Cause I felt like you're in a home for six, seven, eight hours in most cases to help someone move in and out of a home. Right. Yeah. And so that's six, seven, eight hours with strangers inside this home that you live in. Yet in most cases, there's very little interaction. There's no communication. It's just strangers eight hours later, just like it was when they first started. Yeah. Um, so you're measured on manual labor. Your phys the physical work is how you're measured since there's no other engagement. And so I wanted to bring, I wanted to use that six, seven, eight hours for like theater, like actually put on a show. And so we broke our moving experience into three easy parts before, during, and after, very simple terms. But before the move, we were going to do a bunch, whole bunch of stuff to really uh, communicate and engage with our customers to let them know what they were in store for, like what the experience was supposed to be like. Simple things like, hey, we're going to be here at this time, which should be very simple for every business, but in the moving industry, probably for all home service businesses, that simple direction is not always conveyed, you know? And yeah. so we do the practical things to say, hey, we're going to show up and be uniformed and trained and whatever. But we also do crazy stuff. You know, we have a mascot. His name is Zeke. Of course, he's a pink zebra. Um, he's talking to our customers as much as he can possibly talk to them before the move begins to let them know what to expect. Uh, and people get pretty excited, you know, about what to expect. We follow... I'm thinking of my kids right now. If a pink zebra rolled up in the front yard, it'd be the coolest thing they've seen all well, year, probably. What we've learned is either they love them or they love Zeke or they're scared to death of Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. One of mine would probably be freaked out. The other two would, <laughs> would be all about it. Um, Probably our, our trademark, the thing that we know, we're known for the most is um, kind of a simple thing as well. Um, but no other movie companies are doing it, even though they know we're doing it now. The night before a move, we feed our customers for free. Simple thing, just a, a meal, you know, and this is not a gift card. This is not, it's food being delivered to your home, uh, whatever you want that to be. And it's just part of what we do. It's part of the show that we put on when we're providing uh, the service to our customers. And so that one simple act usually generates 
crazy emotions. We've had people, yeah, um, like literal cry. Uh, when it's a game changer. When I, when I first heard that, I was like, that is so genius because I mean, it's, it's such a stressful time, you know? And so like the last thing you're thinking about the night before you're moving is like, what are we going to do for dinner? You know? So to have that, is it, is it unexpected? Do they, or do they know? So it's becoming more and more expected. Um, Yeah. I'm sure words kind of spread that like, right. Yeah, we we even we even every now and then we always all of our local offices make the we call it the free dinner call around noon, and so um, okay. every now and then a customer will call and say, "Hey, um, are y'all feeding us tonight?" <laughs> yeah, what what's on the menu for tonight? <laughs> yeah, um, when I, I guess you know maybe you've got to check on dietary restrictions and stuff like that. You got to kind of, yeah, we, we, that, we usually but... lead them down a road. We don't just say pick a restaurant. You know, we, we have three options they can select from and that are different. Some, usually some American fare and some, there's a little bit more higher, higher end. You'd be surprised. Some people just pick burgers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, this, that's all I want. You know? Yo, you <laughs> so... give me a burger uh, when I've got a lot going on and I don't have time. I'm, I'm a happy camper, but yeah, these, this is such a good example though, of like, cause I'm sure there's some people listening, like big deal. You give them dinner, like they're paying you all this money to move all their stuff. Like you, you give them free dinner. So what that's, that's such a good example of like the little touches and really understanding, you know, who your customer is, what some of their pain points are, and just, you know, showing them right out of the gate that, you know, we're different from most other companies. Like we actually care uh, and and we're going to go above and beyond to to make this as positive of an experience for you as we can. It's a little yeah. thing, but it it's it's impactful and people talk about it, too. Right. Which yep. is why the word is spreading and people already seem to know that there's there's a dinner component to this. So. Ultimately, what we're trying to do, like, again, our taglines, we make moving fun. We love, we we think we're actually, we, we call ourselves the world's first happy moving company. Like, all of that's really cool and fun and we get excited about it. But what we're really trying to do is build a relationship with our customers. Most moving companies, again, most consumer service companies don't actually have a relationship with their customers. The work they do is part of a transaction. And so yeah. again, like a burger, you go buy a burger for lunch today. That's fine. Um, it's a burger, you know, yeah. like if there was nothing special, then there's nothing special. You may go back and buy the burger again later, but this is a 1000 plus dollar ticket. And you don't want that. To, you don't want to be a faceless transaction there. And so when we're performing these services for our customers, the opportunity for mistakes are extremely high, like almost inevitable. In yeah, fact. Yeah. And so when you allow the customer to define their expectations and make that transaction an actual transactional relationship, then they're going to say, okay, I'm defining success based on what I feel. So it better be perfect. They better show up on time. They better work hard all the time. I hope they're like having heart attacks, they're so tired, you know, like if none of that happens, then I'm going, I'm coming after them. Yeah. And yeah. so that's because these are strangers doing work for you in exchange for money. If you hired, let's say, instead of hiring strangers, you hired your, your three nephews to come do the work. And so nephews show up, you're going to give them 
a little bit a longer rope, you know. Right? Yeah, you can give them some grace if if something gets broken or they they you know nick a doorway with the couch. Like, yeah, a little more, a little more grace, a little more slack. Right. That makes so that's what, sense. That's what we try to do. So again, between the food, the crazy stuff that we do during the move, all the communication that we provide, some of the fun videos that we share with our with our customers. All of that's fun, but really all of it's really meant for one thing. It's to build a relationship with our customers so that they value us, you know, so that they'll, they understand that um, who they're hiring is more than just guys that are strong, you know? So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun doing some of the things we do, um, but it, it's it really what the, re- the biggest reward is when it's all said and done, when the whole experience is received by a customer, and let's say we get a review, positive review. Most of the time, it has nothing to do with physical labor. They never say, well, they don't all, they, sometimes people say this, but most of the time people don't say, um, you know, Wes and Ron were awesome. You know, they worked hard all day. They kicked tail. They never took a break. Like they just worked, 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 and worked. And that's why I loved them. Usually they'll say, guys, you should hire them. They showed up on time. They did push-ups to start the show. They fed me the night before. They left. They left behind a unique gift for me. They never say the word "move" <laughs> in some of these positive reviews. Yeah, they're they're referencing the experience, not the actual right. work that was done. You mentioned the gift. Talk talk a little bit more about that because I, I I remember when I first heard you guys were doing that too. It was another one of those like genius moments for me like oh my god yes i'll bring it home for you so you're in you're in wilmington north carolina right um i don't know if everyone knows this but you're a big lsu fan yeah so right so that's kind of different there's probably not a lot of lsu fans in north carolina it's fair not a ton not a ton so um we're moving you like if you're one of our customers we're going to move you so we leave behind a surprise box for every single one of our customers inside of it's some generic things, candies, chocolates, whatever. Um, really cool presentation. It looks really good when you open it, in other words. But the, the home run, what's inside that box, would be a handwritten note from our manager to you, uh, to you and your, your family even. And then probably, since we know that you're an LSU fan in North Carolina, maybe some type of LSU garb, you know, whether it's a koozie. Yeah. Or something that might be fun to share with you. Not that you don't have an LSU koozie. I'm sure you do. Sure, uh, it's the but, fact that you knew, right, right that that somehow or another throughout this process, because it wasn't just a transaction for for the company, uh, you figured out that I'm an LSU fan, and and so it doesn't it, at that point it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a keychain. It could be a koozie. Like it doesn't matter. It's the the act and the the personalization of it right and that's yeah that's what we're trying to do and we leave that behind every single time put a big pink bow around it of course um it's usually discovered after we leave sometimes they'll say what the heck's that uh but is, it, the, is time, the box like branded or does it just look it, like another moving box well it looks like a pink zebra moving branded okay. box Okay, gotcha. The, the ribbon gives it away and then we put a big stamp on it that says yes this is a gift for you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We were we had a few people not open it. And I'm so, sure you just I oh, will put that in the attic and get to it yeah, <laughs> later. Yeah. They find it three years later. I can see that. Um, 
yeah, this it, it makes all the sense in the world, especially when you bring it all together, because like each one of these things individually, small but impactful. But when you when you kind of zoom out and look at the entire experience that this is creating for one of your customers and then you go back to, you know, your mother-in-law's experience or some of these other Yelp reviews that that you referenced earlier, like the the typical experience that that someone's going to get with a moving company it's night and day difference and you know that compounds over time like you guys are just getting started and you're already you know developing a, a strong relation or a reputation for yourselves um over time that's just going to compound and you know yeah this the stories we hear across the network are pretty amazing you know we have a board here storyboard where all of these positive customer experiences are documented in some cases illustrated and we show them, you know, and so we've got so many uh, of just tearjerkers in some, some cases. Like I believe it. We've had, I believe we, it. we did one thing for a customer in Oklahoma city. He was a big, we were big football people here, obviously he was a big Texas uh, fan. And so we discovered that they, the, we, this was no, this didn't come from us. This came from the culture they had built inside their Oklahoma city franchise. They went out and hired a Matthew McConaughey impersonator and they dubbed, <laughs> they dubbed his voice no over way. a Matthew McConaughey picture and they left that in the house. And so when you hit the play button, it was Matthew McConaughey saying, welcome to the house, go horns or whatever you say. That um, is They hilarious. thought it was the best thing ever. You know, they yeah, told that is everybody awesome. about it. You know? That's yeah, that's, that's freaking awesome. Um, well, look, here's the other component to this, right? I, I imagine this already has and will continue to put pink zebra moving in a position where you you don't have to compete on price you don't have to be you know the the low cost moving option if someone's really trying to you know pay as little as possible for moving go hire one of the companies that's going to give you a low price and then triple it uh you know when it's time to actually pay uh you guys can command a premium because People are willing to pay, not not everyone, but plenty of people are willing to pay for for a good experience. No doubt. I mean, you, you, we get we don't necessarily have traditional recurring revenue inside this industry, but we do. What we provide is so talkable, so shareable that it usually finds itself uh, throughout a community and probably more importantly, Typically, most of our business, not most, but a good portion of our business is um, sent to us ref from referral channels like real estate agents. Yeah. When you when you make a real estate agent's clients happy, you make them you make the real estate agent happy as well. And so yeah. we get more and more work from that as a result. So while we don't have traditional recurring revenue, the real estate agents really are real estate. yeah it's they're, it's they're a prime business for for referrals right because i mean yeah take a real estate agent if they recommend a moving company they're going to be pissed if that moving company does a bad job because it makes the real estate agent look bad right mm -hmm. but you come and you over deliver you put on a show you give them dinner you leave them a box with a personalized gift that makes that real estate agent look like a freaking genius you know um, we, 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 so we had a, another customer that was a huge fan of Reba McIntyre. Like they just, we saw it all over their Facebook pages. And we also saw that they, they were, they, um, 
they couldn't go. They couldn't find a ticket. They really wanted to go. Her and her husband, they just couldn't find one. Asking if anybody had any tickets. No forgot way. which market it was in. So they paid us $12,000, a $12,000 ticket um, for us to do the move. And yeah. so yeah. two days after the move, um, the Reba McIntyre show was in town. So during that move, we went out and we found two two tickets for her and her husband. They were like 150 bucks a piece. You know, we spent yeah. $300, we got 12,000 in return. Um, th- and so we hand delivered that to them at the end of our move and said, hope you guys have fun in two days. They cry. I like believe they, it. Yeah. They cry. You know, it's incredible. So they, they told everybody about it. Um, it, it cost us $300, you know? And so that 12,000, what happened afterwards was the cool part. So that was a referral from a real estate agent. And that real estate agent told everybody about the Reba McIntyre story. A professional golfer heard the story or the wife of a, a PGA player heard the story shared the story on her on her instagram which had tons of followers of course sure. yeah. and that allowed us to generate even more and more business and all we were trying to do is make this one customer happy but it went farther and farther and farther because uh, it was so different Mo- moving companies don't do things like that yeah it's incredible um it's so cool listen i know we're kind of up on time Real quick, kind of speed round here. A couple things I want to make sure you have a chance to speak to. Who do you want as franchisees? What type of franchise owner are you looking for? Um, and and kind of share with us like where where is Pink Zebra at today? Number of franchisees, number of territories. Because I want to make sure people know that you guys are really just getting started. There's massive opportunity going forward. Um, cause I'm, I'm sure this has piqued a lot of people's interest in terms of just the, the business opportunity itself. Yeah. So, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So, uh, we are in 10 locations predominantly in the Southeast cause we're based in Birmingham, Alabama and just organically, that's how we've grown. Um, but we're wide open. We're, we're available throughout the country minus one state. We're not in California, we're not registered in California, but we're able to grow and develop all over the country. Otherwise, uh, those 10 markets are up and going you're going to get great franchise candidate valid validations because people are doing really well right now. And people are real happy about the decision they made to invest in this franchise opportunity who we're looking for right now. I, I call these early folks, the forefathers of our brand. I've lived that already with two maids. I know how important the early franchisees are to the long-term success of the business. Everybody looks up to them. Everybody follows their, their moves and decisions and actions and so we're trying to bring in franchisees that I call them more like generals um, versus soldiers. Yeah. We're looking yeah. for even more entrepreneurial minded franchisees right now. It's people that may even have some good ideas that we can sure. learn from. Yeah. And so that's the kind of personality we're looking for. Someone that wants to be a part of a franchise brand, understands the importance of systems and process but has a little entrepreneurial itch, yeah. and, you know, a little cowboy in them even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't need that, the the playbook fully baked yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Now that won't last forever. We can't have a sure. hundred cowboys, you know, but yeah. the next five to 10 you know, transactions that we have, we're hoping that that's who we'll do deals with. Now, beyond that, you know, we were looking for more of a traditional franchise owner at that point. But that's that's the kind of person we, we we're striving for. We're being pretty selective. 
Uh, we love, we got to be in the market. If the market can't generate at least a million dollars in revenue, then we don't, we don't want to be in it. And so, yeah, you guys are doing really large territories, like compared to most other home service type franchises. Right? We are. And again, that's, that's a little bit of a learning lesson from back at, in, in my old days. I, I just feel like you, you, we need more land for more opportunity. Uh, we also need less franchisees to support. Uh, what what yeah. I don't want, I'll tell you a great example. Uh, at Two Maids, we were in Houston, Texas. You probably know Harris County is the largest county in the country. Yeah. We had seven different franchisees in that one county. And wow. So when you have that, if all seven people are just kick and tell and doing everything perfectly, that's fine. Yeah. But when you're that closely connected to another franchisee, if one of those neighboring franchisees is not performing at a high level, it Drags really pulls everybody down everybody. Down. You know, yeah. and so we prefer just a smaller franchise network as a result of that. And we also think it gives our franchisees better opportunity to grow. Sure, build a big business instead of uh, a lot of franchisees with smaller or medium-sized businesses. So, right, um, awesome stuff, man. Congratulations again on uh, you know everything you've built up to this point, and uh, I I can't wait to see Pink Zebra continue to grow and uh, turn into another national brand. Yeah, man. Well, Wes, thanks for having me on here. If anybody wants to visit our website, it's easy to find us: pinkzebramovingfranchise.com. So awesome. We'll put it out. in the show notes. I'll put Ron's original. I think you were like literally maybe the third person i had on my podcast maybe maybe say you were in the top three for sure or first three yeah. uh so that that takes it way back but we'll put that episode in the show notes uh if people want to check it out uh as well but ron thanks for everything you're doing man really appreciate it and uh thanks for dropping in here on the path to freedom podcast That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.